I was dating a guy one summer and I was working as a camp counselor and he sent me cookies and nice things and notes and he sent me some mushrooms. I'm like, is he trying to get me fired? Is he insane? I'm still a very big believer in the power of meditation. And then through that community and those experiences, I was able to have some professionally led psychedelic experiences and they were profound. You know, I always kind of saw my central nervous system, my, my body as a bunch of rubber bands, if you will, and they were kind of stretched and twisted to the point where some were breaking. You know, I was, I was at this kind of burned out state and it just allowed that to release. You're focusing on personal, professional, and spiritual development. Expand on this and tell us how this is different than somebody who has like, maybe they have generalized anxiety disorder and they're looking for some help with the psilocybin. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. I am very excited about today's guest. I was a teen in the 80s and the just say no and the war on drugs and all that stuff was around. I had some friends that dropped acid, as you say, or took mushrooms. And I was always afraid to do so. As a matter of fact, I was dating a guy one summer and I was working as a camp counselor and he sent me I forgot what they're called now, but he sent me a box of stuff, right? And he had like cookies and nice things and notes. And he sent me some mushrooms. I'm like, is he trying to get me fired? Is he insane? So I always had kind of a negative view based on what I had learned. And then as an adult, I started reading and researching and saying, holy cow, there are so many incredible beneficial effects of these psychedelics that were completely shut down for so many years by the war on drugs and all the other things I talked about that i developed a really huge interest. So the reason I'm telling you this is we've got the fantastic Neil Mackey on. He is a co-founder and CEO of Beckley Retreats. Neil is passionate about sharing the science-backed benefits of psychedelics in conjunction with the contemplative practices that support holistic well-being. He is from Beckley Retreats and I am on board. Hi, Neil. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for having me on. Really? Okay. So did you grow up with that kind of, obviously you must have, right? Yep. There. I remember the people I knew who took it. I was so afraid. I was like, oh my God, it's going to fry your brain. Ah! You know, because that's what we were taught. And like I said, to be able to learn that there's medicinal uses and spiritual uses and personal uses, it's really impressive. So what I would love to talk about, first of all, is your experience and how it's helped you and also your background. And thank you for your service. Uh, as a captain in the U.S. Army, you were deployed to Iraq twice to Afghanistan. How that affected you and your mental health? And then I'm guessing that was why you you know, were seeking out this these supports with the psilocybin. Yeah, that's right. Um, I spent most of my 20s in the service. And uh, I went to Iraq once, Afghanistan twice. And, you know, I was actually a fortunate one relative to many, but it without question left some marks on me. Mm. And I left in 2012 and I went back to graduate school and that's where I would say the bottom fell out. I yeah. was in some ways doing very well professionally, but I was, you know, going through a divorce. I was isolating. I was drinking alcohol more than I should. Um, and the first kind of non-traditional modality that I got introduced to that had a very meaningful impact was meditation. And I'm still a very big believer in the power of meditation. And then through that community and those experiences, I was able to have some professionally led psychedelic experiences and they were profound, you know, and I think that these compounds can be very, very positive um, if used in the right way. And, um, you know, back then, I still believe this now, it felt like those experiences were accelerating or enhancing what I was trying to do with meditation. 
Um, oh, that's and I think that they are definitely best used in conjunction with these other contemplative practices, self-awareness practices. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're incredible. They're incredible tools. And it's an exciting time that people are remembering. Profound is such an, I love the word profound. And I'm trying to picture, was it a combination of what you saw, what you felt? Did it, because I've never done it and I want to. So how would you describe that feeling? And I'm assuming it's, it's similar for everyone, but also different for everyone. Like, especially if they're taking the same amount, the same type of psychedelic, for example, psilocybin. Yeah, it's different for everyone. Um, but there are a lot of similarities. And it's, it's one of these things where it's a bit beyond mind. It's, it's ineffable. It's, 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 it's nearly impossible to explain fully. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was almost an kind of instant central nervous system reset. Now, you know, I think there's a saying that I think is quite true. And it's like, you know, the deeper the trauma, the more time it needs to be let go. Right. And so sometimes it's not one and done. But for me, some of those experiences, the early ones, they just allowed my central nervous system to relax. You know, I had been walking around in fight or flight in a metaphorical sense. And in a real sense, I was walking around with my fists clenched. I was Mm -hmm. ready to fight. You know, I always kind of saw my central nervous system, my, my body as a bunch of rubber bands, if you will. And they were yeah. kind of stretched and twisted to the point where some were breaking. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was at this kind of burned out state and it just allowed that to release, you know, and I was able to feel some peace. Now, if you don't do the work, you know, it's pretty easy for you to go back to your old ways. Um, but yeah, they create this pretty incredible opening and this um, pretty, pretty very, like very real um, new potential for change. You can introduce new things in this in this window after these experiences. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed was uh, the film Fantastic Fungi. Did you mm-hmm. see it? I interviewed Louis. Uh, I think it's Schwarzberg. Schwarzberg, if I say his name or Schwarzberg, but he was fantastic. And it yeah. was so fascinating. And to hear the people, like re- people who had depression, people who had PTSD, people who really had this incredible transformation, this transformative experience. And I've been looking at it from doing it like with a medical professional and, you know, a certain setting. And then when I was reading about your retreats, I really like that you're focusing on personal, professional and spiritual development. Expand on this and tell us how this is different than somebody who has like, maybe they have generalized anxiety disorder and they're looking for some help with the psilocybin. Yeah, I think that these compounds can be used kind of across the spectrum and, you know, just different um, indications require different approaches. And we're very supportive of what's happening in the medical context. And if a doctor can have psilocybin, which is a natural non-toxic tool in their toolkit, and that's helpful for clinical indications, we are thumbs up if the data continues to look as positive as it has. Um, for us, we're more on what we call the betterment of the well. And, you know, we think that there's incredible potential for people that are, you know, generally doing okay, but want to become more empathetic. They want to become more creative. They want to come at problems differently, right? Like these chemicals really open up the mind. If you look at a fMRI brain scan, when someone is on psilocybin, it's parts of the brain are actually talking to each other that have never talked before. So you can really change your perspective in positive in positive ways. And yeah, it, can, it just can be a, you know, a helpful tool to help people connect, improve relationships. I think that we'll find that they can improve learning. 
you know, they look like they're neuroregenerative. So it looks like they're healthy for the brain. They actually help create new connections in the brain. So I think that there's lots of applications that we'll learn more about as we go. Um, but they, there are, there is risk, you know, they need to be used mindfully they need to right. be used in the right way. Um, so, you know, they're not this kind of, you know, magic pill panacea that will fix everything for everyone, but right. there's something very special here for sure. Oh yeah. I interviewed a guy who was talking about this deep grief that he had when, from losing his mom when he was young. And I lost my mom in my twenties and I feel like no matter what's happened in my life, no matter how great things are, there's still this like sadness that I have. Mm. And I thought, I want to try, I want to see, have you, have you talked to people about grief experiences? Yeah. And, and I'd love to for, hear about for, that. For sure. And are, have you, um, you're familiar with the book, The Body Keeps the Score? Yes. Yes. Right. That's fascinating That's research. Great. These experiences, they get into us. They're yep. deep, you know, and, and yeah. if you look at epigenetics, which 25 years ago, people would have said you were come so woo to even talk about this now we know it's true or yes. it's like um but yeah these 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 memories these traumatic events these things that happen through our life they they get into our bodies our tissues Absolutely. our central nervous system and these compounds you know we don't understand the mechanics we don't understand exactly how but they have some way of bringing these experiences to the surface and then you can do something with them and then so for right. me you know, I had some pretty um, traumatic experiences from my time in the service. And, you know, with the proper use of these yeah. compounds, I think I was able to bring them up and then look at them differently and then let them right. go. And so I'm still aware of them, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not holding me as back as much. And many of our guests will come down with the hope or intention to deal with something that traumatic right. in their life, like the loss of a loved one. And they'll say something like, you know, I don't want to forget about it. You know, I want to honor it. I want to come to terms right. with it. But then I want to, I want to move forward. I, it's holding me back in some yes. ways, or I feel like it's, it's preventing me. And I think that these compounds, if used in the right way, are really good for, for, for things like that. You know, very, very yeah. powerful things like that. Better than, you know, better than anything I think we have right now in mm -hmm. Western medicine, frankly. Wow. See, that would be incredible. You know, I love the website for Beckley Retreats, and it says, at retreats, we are bridging the latest scientific research with ancient wisdom traditions in order to create the richest possible experience for participants. So how do you bridge that? How do you bring those two things together? Yeah, so our program is 11 weeks. We do four oh, wow. weeks of digital preparation mm -hmm. um, where we teach a lot of these basic well-being practices, and then it's a five-night immersive experience in Jamaica or the Netherlands where it's completely legal. Wow. And then a six week um, digital integration session where, you know, you're you're putting some of these new habits in place. You know, you're doing some of the Western psychotherapy informed work to create these new neural pathways. Um, and so the blend is, you know, we looked, we took, you know, more of an integrative health approach. So we looked at adult learning. We looked at habit change science. Yeah. We looked at what was happening in the clinical environments, right? And how are they using these compounds? And, um, and then we also looked at the traditional use in the indigenous communities around the world and said, hey, you know, some of these people have been using these compounds for thousands of years. Maybe they learned something and we should honor that and right. ask what we can bring in. And so I think we have a nice 
mix. We have a nice blend. And I think, you know, we're bringing um, kind of state of the art thinking and like very high safety standards, but also allowing for some of the artistry and some of the beauty of how these compounds have been used in more traditional ways. Now, I've heard the term microdosing. I'm sure a lot of people have. Is that what you're doing with the psilocybin? And for people who aren't familiar, what does that mean? Um, microdosing is is generally uh, defined as a non-perceptible dose. So in dried mushrooms, it would be 0.2 grams. So you would take it, you'd maybe feel just a little bit, but the hope is that it, um, you know, helps you be more creative, feel more present. For me, I feel like it helps with my meditations. It makes them more something stronger, <laughs> profound, yeah. deeper. It, it, it's an accelerant or some, an adjunct for, sure. for meditations. On our programs, um, we're doing full dose. So we're doing doses which you would see um, in a clinical environment. In, in a lot of the, you know, if you look at what the psilocybin studies that have been done, this kind okay. of more heroes dose or full dose where you know you took a compound, um, your whole right. sense of reality shifts um, and it can be a really, you know, fun. It can be, I mean, it's, it's ineffable. It, it, is, it is unlike anything you've ever done, wow. um, but it can also be scary if you don't do it in the right way. And so yeah. that's why we are very thoughtful about the lead up and the prep and where we do it and who, you know, our facilitators and there's like a real thoughtful way we create these experiences so people can, you know, get a lot out of them and, and, right. and um, benefit from them. Have you ever had anyone who is really, maybe there was something very traumatic in their past. I mean, I think everyone's had, but where they, it's positive, but in the moment, it's really intense and they might need some extra guidance. Is there someone there to like talk Definitely. through them with whatever's happening? Yeah. And, you know, so our programs, um, you know, we screen out severe indications, you know, so okay. we do a, a survey and then, a you know, a phone interview. And if someone has treatment resist resistant depression or complex PTSD or recent suicidal ideations, you know, those aren't a good fit for us because, right. you know, it's just those indications require a different approach and a different level of infrastructure. Not that people can't get benefit from these compounds, but it's a different way. So, you know, most of our individuals are coming down and are generally healthy and well and yeah. are a good fit for this group experience. With that said, yeah, people have things from their childhood. People have you know, stuff that is, that's very real and will come up in these experiences. And you need to have a team that has been doing this for a long time that has seen all these different permutations and knows what to do. Um, but our experiences are done in a group. Everyone is together. All the facilitators are together, which we actually believe increases safety. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, yes, someone will have a more um, intense experience. And what happens is there'll be a point where, you know, maybe it becomes a little bit disruptive to kind of the, the, the group experience. And what will happen is that individual will, in their mind, think that they're bothering everyone. And so um, you don't want that. So, right. you know, it's up to the, the facilitators. We have protocols and standards, and it's up to the team to kind of make those decisions. But generally what will happen is sometimes the facilitators or, or two will need to take that individual outside 
to an alternate location that's set up and just like let them have some space yeah. and just let them cry or yell or let it be. Um, mm. And then generally it passes in a few minutes and then they come back in to join the group, you know, but that does happen from time. And, um, Sounds incredible. And it really is. It's, it's so, it's so special to watch, you know, I mean, you can see pretty radical shifts in people over the course of a few days. Now, not, that's not for everyone and it doesn't happen every time, but yeah, it's, um, it is really, really inspiring to see incredibly positive shifts. And then the question becomes, can people maintain that, right? How yes, do you help yeah, people like go back and, 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 and stay committed to taking better care of themselves? That's what we right. really want. We want habit change. You know, we want people to, yes. to do things differently. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have a corporate job and you're stressed out all the time and then you do this and you have this awakening and you feel so, wow, alive and I want to be healthy. And then you go back and you just get back to the grind. You're not going to be able that, that, that experience isn't going to, it'll change you, but you've got to put the work in is what you're saying. And I like that. Yeah, That's something I've been focusing on. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to be doing this. And And I'm like, I'm just going to slow down. I got my things going on. Everything's good. I'm going to do, you know, more, try to meditate more and do more exercise or, you know, and it makes a difference when you can just go, okay. You know, I think I'd be a perfect fit, by the way. Well, (laughs) we'd love to have you down. I hope you do come. I mean, Obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I think what we're doing is, I think we're doing it at a really high standard. Yeah. um, It's just amazing. This time of year, our skin gets so dry, especially for those of us who live in cold climates. So I couldn't live without One Earth Body Care. Their Skin Fix, which is great for your entire body. It's a thick, wonderful salve. You can rub it in your hands to soften it, and it makes your skin amazing. There's a day and night facial oil, which I use every day and night, and it really, really has helped my skin. There's a sleep balm that is also a salve consistency that has lavender and other things to help you relax. Of course, my all-time favorite is their natural deodorant because I am no longer smelly. If you've got a baby, they've got a baby butt saver. The other thing that has completely transformed my hair is their shampoo and conditioner bars. They've got Skin Fix for Pets, which has helped my glue stop eating his paws all the time or nibbling on them. And of course, they also have a pet shampoo bar. Please check them out at oneearthbodycare.com. Now, nature is a big part of it. I'm a huge nature nut. I'm I'm very blessed. I live in a town that's a third conservation land. Um, and I'm in the woods. I try to go to the woods as often as possible, except for in the summer, because I'm in the Northeast and the bugs are terrible and the ticks for my dogs. But other than that, I'm out there and That's it's good. just, even that is so enlivening. And I don't know if that's, it's a word enlivening. It's not a word, but it makes me feel good. Uh, maybe I made up a new word to so talk to us about the role of nature and, and why are in these yes, beautiful nature places. Nature is so important. It's so important. Um, it is a big part of our program. We are nature right? Um, If you look at the cross section of a human lung, and then you look at a tree, Uh, and think about the fact that they actually do a reciprocal function, one turns oxygen into carbon dioxide in the reverse, it's just like, oh my gosh, we're we're part (laughs) of this thing. And then for many of us, we've gotten very disconnected from nature, right? And, and, And there is, there's science here. If you look at what the Japanese are doing, nature bathing, they're just like getting people into nature and just like sitting them there. And that's the show and all this positive benefit grounding this idea that we are electromagnetic beings and you can measure the change in current when your feet are on 
ground, right? Yeah. You're away from all of the um, electromagnetic um, things that we have in, 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 in cities. So we, we are chronically disconnected from nature, many of yes. us. Yeah. And there is tremendous healing that happens when we just spend more time in nature. So it's a big part of our programs. And so we select our facilities around that. We want them to be away from everything. You know, our programs are, you know, not a super strict digital detox because we know people need to, you know, uh, stay tied in with family and work, but we really encourage it. Like get off the devices and get, get in nature and just be, and it's a big, big part of our, big part of our programs. Yeah, I think digital detoxes are so important. There was a book and I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'll look it up. But I interviewed this man who wrote this wonderful book about nature deficit disorder. Mm. And it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. And if you just, I mean, you think about, you know, um, how many of us live, you know, you, 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 you're in your suburban home, you know, Mm -hmm. you put your rubber sealed shoes on, you go get in your car, you drive through concrete pavement, you know, you go to office building. I mean, we just were, we're chronically detached from it. And so, I mean, that's part of our program too, is we get people in nature, but then we're really encouraging people to commit to, you got to get out, you have to find a way to reconnect Mm -hmm. with, with, um, with nature, if you really want to feel well. Yeah. You know, I also like that you work with the people after, because again, if you just go back to what you were doing, that wasn't working, but you're there. Talk to us about that. Like, what role do you play? Is it encouraging people to enhance the experience that they had by taking on, like, go take walks more often, do a digital detox, do some deep breathing, that kind of thing? Yeah. It's, um, we present people with a lot of different kind of techniques and tools mm-hmm. because we know from adult learning and habit change science that there is some right. taste factor so yeah. not everybody's going to like everything so yeah. you got to find what kind of works with you and then we try and really get people through the group dynamic you know through habit change science techniques to get yeah. people to just commit to making a few changes and that that after portion is really important. Um, you know, from a neuroscience perspective, again, you know, we don't understand the mechanics of the brain well, like it's mm-hmm. a phenomena what's going on here, but it looks like these experiences put the brain, central nervous system, body, spirit into a more malleable or neuroplastic state. So that yes. means there's more potentiality for change. Mm-hmm. And that's good, but you need to do something. But there is this pretty magical window where it looks like if you introduce new, new things, there's some reason to believe that they're more likely to stick. So the right. next six weeks we have, we bring the group back together, right? Like the group dynamic is really important. Generally, human beings will show up for others sometimes more than they'll show up for themselves. So we yes. use that, you know, we, we, we try and get the, the group dynamic um, to be supportive at all. And then, you know, it's some simple things, morning meditations, that's foundational. You know, if you're, if you're not going to do it any other time, at least for this six weeks, try it, right? Try and really commit to it. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. try to get in nature. If, um, if you don't have existing religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs and prayer fees a bit weird, well, that's fine. Just do a gratitude practice. You know, Um, we know again from science that that has a, 
nearly unbelievable um, benefit on people's kind of perceived sense of well-being, just like taking the time each morning to think about what they're grateful for. And you have all these great things in the day, like you've got the meditation and you've got the breath work and then you've got a wonderful meal. And when you, when you're actually, once you take the psilocybin, what is the average amount of time that you're in that zone? I don't want to call it a trip. <laughs> That's that eighties lingo, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely know what you mean. Um, yeah. It takes like 30 to 45 minutes for it to kind of come on. Okay. And then for most people, it kind of peaks around an hour and a half to two and a half hours. Okay. And then the full experience lasts five to six hours, something like this. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, it's one of these things. I mean, you have to kind of experience it to believe it, but like we'll have regularly people be like, that was the shortest five hours of my life. And the longest five hours of my life. And I don't know how to square those two seemingly mutually exclusive things, but it's both. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is, it's a fascinating experience. If nothing else, I just, it's, um, it is just, it's like nothing else you've ever done. You know what I mean? It is wow. such a profound, um, it's such a profound experience for many. I'm so humbled to be part of this work and to get to see people have these. And how did, how did, I should have asked you that first. I know that you work with a woman named Amanda who yes, is, I think, Jeb, the queen of psychedelics. Or, how did you two come together? Um, so I had some psychedelic experiences like 10, 11 years ago, had a few years of spiritual exploration, really taking better care of myself. I went quite deep on this meditation path. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I had a bit of a pivot where I went back into the corporate world. I, I went to McKinsey and Company and and then, you know, from there I went and I did restructurings for private equity portfolio companies, which was like bare knuckle capitalism, honestly. I'm a bit mm-hmm. embarrassed that I did it. It was horrible. And after a few years I ended up in almost as bad a place as I was coming out of the service oh, from gosh. swimming in okay. toxic environments and doing work that is not aligned with me, you know? And so yeah. it was about a little over three years ago that I, I hit almost another bit of a, of a rock bottom and was miserable and, um, you know, fancy title and, but completely miserable. And so I left. And I just got back to meditation. I got back to teaching meditation. And then I was paying attention to what was going on in the world. I saw more people were showing interest. I was always been a big fan of Rick and map and, and, and the and maps and what was happening with MDMA. And yeah. I was just watching it coming in the news. And then I actually was in, in Mexico and um, was leading beach meditations. And that ended up transforming into friends coming down and we would do psilocybin together and meditate. And then I was like, well, you know, why don't I just do this? Like, I love it. It's so fascinating to me. The world needs it. And like the time is now. And I, um, I started looking around for partners and I mean, the, I can tell you the story. It's kind of wild, but the connection was a, a, a grad school friend of mine, Dan Love was a founding partner in Beckley Waves, which was oh, yeah. kind of an investment vehicle for Amanda mm-hmm. and the philanthropists around her that were seeding early stage companies that they thought they were going to do this work with heart because they saw the flood of money coming in and they said, some of it is good. 
some of it is not good. And we're trying to run this exact same extractive playbook. And they said, in order to be a counterbalance, we're going to go get some resources and try and do it differently. And um, I was looking for a brand and some support and some resources, and they were looking for an entrepreneur. And I mean, I can tell you that the story is wild, but when we connected, it was like, oh, this is, let's just do this together. You know, this no, is such perfect that. it was, it's really special. And I, 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 I love Amanda so much. I think she's, she's, she's so brilliant. Um, she's hilarious and she went against the grain for her entire life. Most of her life, people thought she was nuts. And now the world is like, oh, okay, you know, maybe she was, she was onto something and it's really. Those are the best people, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, and it's really special <laughs> to see her getting this kind of, you know, international, you know, notoriety now. She deserves it. And, and uh, you know, her and a handful of others and some of these really be- beautiful um, indigenous communities deserve a lot of credit for kind of keeping the dream alive, you know, because yeah. it almost got completely shut down. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, psilocybin still isn't legal, right, in the U.S.? That's right. It's still so Schedule 1 federally. What is... It's kind of unbelievable, but um, mm-hmm. we're making progress. It, okay. it, it's coming. It's coming. Um, is that the same for MDMA, my research is correct, or is that you, or some people, like some doctors able to utilize it? I wasn't sure. Well, MDMA is... is is being developed by MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. They just renamed as Lycos. Um, And they are bringing um, MDMA through the last stages of clinical trials. And I think um, everybody's thinking late this year, early next year, doctors will be able to use it um, to treat different clinical indications. And for some things like, you know, treatment-resistant depression, PTSD, it is off the charts oh, relative to incredible. other other um, methods. So it's it's really it's it, it could it, it, you know some think this is gonna it'll radically change how we think about um, Western psychiatry and, and mental health. And I think That's I'm in that exciting. camp. I think it has the yeah it it, it, it it's it's exciting. Um, yeah. And then you know there's a lot of other compounds out there that have been um, not fully explored that show a lot of potential. You know, I think mushrooms, psilocybin is, a, is one, you know, that's what we use, but there's another one called Ibogaine, which looks like oh, yeah, I've heard really of incredible, especially for um, addiction, for like mm. opioid use. Oh, wow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, all of these need, you know, we need to do it thoughtfully and there is risk and we need to move at the right pace. Um, but yeah, there's, there's really, really, um, inspiring things that are coming down in the next few years. Wow. What about LSD? Well, this is Amanda's favorite (laughs) and she wishes the entire world would wake up to LSD. Yeah. Um, LSD looks like it has a lot of benefit and, you know, it's, it's, it's non-toxic, um, for some reason it still has a bit of a stigma that it seems like it can't shape. Where yeah. mushrooms, I think because they're, they're natural, like it's easier for people. And I think right. that, man, the, in the United States, the drug wars, and I think it's just for a lot of us, this LSD, you know, you're going to trip and lose your mind or jump yes. out a window. It's like right. deep in our psyche for some reason. That's true. Um, yeah. But we, um, we're definitely supportive of it. Again, um, 
you know, used in the right way, it's very safe and can have really, really positive outcomes. Um, you know, if you do proper screening and you make sure that the folks that, um, you know, only folks that can benefit from it are using it. Yeah. You know, I would think that doing it through a doctor or going to a wonderful retreat like Beckley retreats would be the way to go. I would, I'm wondering, it sounds like you might caution people against just being like, I'm just going to go take some mushrooms, even if it's microdose. Like, I think you need to know exactly what you're getting into, I would guess. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, just we're adults, right? And um, do things mindfully. And yeah, I think that, you know, we offer like a very, curated safe experience um that's a good fit for some and i think that you know mushrooms can be used by individuals so long as they um are thoughtful about how they oh that's good to uh, know about how they use them um now they're not legal in the united states and when things aren't legal and there's the, all this gray area markets you have to ask a lot more questions Whoa. around like where's this stuff coming from and that's a shame but that's the reality, right. you know? And um, yeah, I think generally for people, you know, if you're going to experiment, have your first couple experiments in a very controlled, safe environment so that you don't run the risk of, you know, having something that makes you right. not want to try it again, right? Yes. Um, but then after that, once you've learned how to steer and you kind of have some understanding, then people, you know, can use these things in different ways. And I think that... Um, I think we need mindful use, and I, I think that you know when they're used for severe indications in the medical model, we need like you know a lot of controls and thoughtfulness around it. And I also think that you know it's a human right to be able to use these plants. And sure. I'm a little bit annoyed sometimes when the government gets in and says, "Ah, eh, you can't do this," and it's like, right. well. People yeah. drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes and go skydiving and climb mountains and eat sugar and all this other stuff. And it's like, <laughs> eh, you know, where's the right. risk reward logic here? It just it doesn't compute for me. But um, yeah, we're making we're making progress for sure. It's really exciting. Well, was there anything in that we didn't touch on, Milan? You're always welcome to come back uh, in this interview that you were hoping we would talk about. Of course, I'm going to get all the ways we can find you, how we sign up and all that good stuff. No, it was a lot of fun. I mean, thank you for thank you for having me on. I will say sometimes people ask what the difference is between Jamaica and the uh, Netherlands. Oh yeah. I'm and, glad you um, brought that up. Well, structurally the program is exactly the same. You know, it's optional um four week prep, five night immersive, six week digital um integration. But we're um very thoughtful about our relationship with the land and the people. And right. so in Jamaica, it's mostly Jamaican facilitators. There's different Jamaican spiritual traditions. So we're eating Jamaican food. We bring that into the, into the experience. So it's almost like a bit of a master's class in the culture and the oh, different traditions. And then in the Netherlands, you're getting more local cuisine. You're getting more local kind of spiritual traditions. You know, it's just like a little bit different feel. And I think as we grow and um, move into different geographies, it'll always be really important for us to kind of honor the land and honor what the history is there and make that a special part of our programs. And, yeah. um, and then the last thing I think, you know, we are trying very hard to chart this middle path, which I, is like, we are a for-profit company, but we're a public benefit corporation. So we have a dual mandate right. to 
be sustainable, but also figure out how to do accessibility and, and get these experiences safely to more people that couldn't otherwise afford them. And it's right. like, this is not just some marketing thing for us. It's like who we are. It's our essence. You know, mm -hmm. I think that this work needs to be done with heart. And um, that's just something I like to share because I think it resonates with a lot of guests. And I really believe the world needs more of these middle path companies that aren't just trying to make as much money as fast as possible. They're trying oh, to, yes. you know, be an example of how companies can be in right relationship with their employees, with the communities where they operate, right? Like we can do this, you know, we can figure yeah. this out. So that's just kind of a important part of who we are too. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I know you guys do a scholarship, right? Yes, we do. Okay. Yeah. And those, you know, um, are open on a quarterly basis. If you, you know, join our newsletter, um, you'll kind of get all the communications around those. And then, um, yeah, we've fully funded a couple veterans programs to bring that's veterans great. through. We're doing a black women's program this fall that's fully that, that's funded. So, yeah, we're trying to we're, we're really trying to be an example of how, you know, companies can do this differently. You know, it can, it can be done with heart and you can um, you can create a sustainable organization that also does a lot of good in the world. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Well, Neil, tell us all the ways we can find you and wonderful Beckley Retreats. Yeah, um, I mean, if you Google Beckley Retreats, we come up. It's BeckleyRetreats.com. Um, our Instagram is Beckley Retreats. We'd love for people to follow us there. We do twice weekly Q&As. And if you go to our site, you can oh, cool. find those. So someone on our team will lead um, a bit of an info session on our program and We'll talk a bit about the science and the methods and the why, and then it's just people can ask any questions they want. So we do those twice a week. So please encourage people to to join those. And yeah, I mean, you know, just reach out. We'll always find time to get on the phone and answer questions. You know, we're a we're a a, a company that cares a lot, and it's a big decision for people to come down. So we want to make sure right. that everybody's got everything they need before they make the commitment. Oh, sounds fantastic. All right, I'm going to start saving up <laughs> because it looks phenomenal. All right, everybody, keep coming back to Health Power. Follow me at Lisa Davis MPH on Twitter and Instagram. Five days a week, Health Power. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, and keep coming back. And be sure to check out Beckley Retreats. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.